what and where to sell. Welcome to episode two of my Stable Side Hustle podcast. My name is Ron, and if you haven't already, make sure you listen to the previous episode, which is basically the, in the, the introduction. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about what essentially to sell and where to sell it, depending on, you know, what it is that you're you're buying and selling. And if you're new, you obviously, you know, have never sold anything before. But the idea of this podcast is to go in depth and not just sell one or two items. So I, I, as you can, as you can tell, based on the stuff that I have covered, um, I'd like to focus big picture and scale a business and grow bigger. I'm obviously not, you know, I'm not doing six figures yet, but I have sold quite a bit of stuff. So I have a general idea how to make something like from a hobby and make it a little bit more, more stable and bigger. And so you can, you know, kind of differentiate yourself from, from everybody else selling. So first things first, I, I started selling on eBay uh, and, you know, I did that for a few years. I didn't really take it as serious as, you know, maybe I should have, but given the, the time that I had available, I, I, I sold on eBay as, as a hobby basically. And later on, I, it turned out that Etsy was more for me because of the type of product that I was selling. So, which was original retro video games. And then from there, I, I still kept my eBay, um, eBay store, but I also started selling on Mercari and more recently started selling on Facebook marketplace. So here, <clears throat> this is a, an exciting episode because it, you know, it's, it's very, it's kind of like interesting to test the waters and see exactly what, what to find what to sell. This part is probably for most resellers is the most exciting part because you get to come across if you go to thrift stores, uh, if you go to garage sales, flea markets, swap meets, you basically, you know, you walk the aisles and you come across something that may or may not be valuable, right? So you come across something that is entirely different than what you have been selling. Um, to start off with, you maybe you sold stuff around your house, you didn't have to pay to to get the item. Um, but if you're beyond selling the stuff around your house and you're, you know, you started to find items at, at these places, then you're, you're, uh, you're ahead of the game. Now, long-term that may or may not work for you because that your business is now going to rely on you going out there and getting the product. So I like, taking the approach of what can I sell and replenish so it can create stability, right? So I have a a low uh, a safety net for me to to not have to worry about going out there and, and finding items, but it's definitely fun. So um, after that, if something doesn't sell, you know, you could have dead stock, which nobody wants that. They call it a death pile, but I started selling uh, stuff around my house, you know, like electronics, CD players, and, you know, video games. I had plenty of video games, so I was doing that. Um, and I would, 
then I would go to swap meets was my biggest one. So swap meets and then thrift stores, Goodwill, Salvation Army. So I would go to those places and I would go through the aisles and people were selling, you know, retro video games when I started 2008, 2009. That's when people, you know, started getting rid of, it feels like, I mean, they always did, but I was still able to find stuff. Now, if you go now, it's like there's almost nothing there. Or, you know, even if I go real early, I, I hardly see retro video games there, which, you know, I feel like people found out that they're worth money. So they either keep them or they sell them and flip them. Um, but I would go and I, I would go buy them, you know, whatever I could see, I, I could find. I wouldn't buy all of them, but I would buy the ones that I knew like off the top of my head were or worth money and yeah that's how I, I i kept on going and then when i started doing that then that's when i um you you tend to find other products like that i don't have to go to garage sales so with retro video games um people like to you know the, it's there it's a big collector's you know market so people were storing them so i found out that you know rental cases like the old school plastic ones from blockbuster those there was a supplier in Simi Valley who had them and I would get a hundred, a hundred uh, cases in a box and I would, you know, pay $69 um, plus shipping to get them, you know, here at home. And then I would take, you know, pictures of sets of three or five. And then I started selling them that way. So now constantly every month I started, you know, selling uh, a couple hundred dollars worth of these cases and then, it, you know, from there, I turned to DVD cases because I'm like the same thing. There's going to be collectors out there who still collect DVDs, as weird as that sounds. Um, and, you know, I, I ended up finding out that you can buy 100 cases per box of those. So I did that and I still do up to this day. That's one of my eBay stores. Um, so th those are the kind of things that <clears throat> that when you start selling, you kind of become you know, you know, you're in the trenches and you find out and you, you know, you, you have to like it as well. And you start talking to other collectors and other people and people hit you up and they, they'll say, Hey, do you know, you do, would you happen to have, you know, you know, booklets for the video games? And you're like, Oh, you know, actually I do. So then I would make those listings. So it, it all depends on the seller. So, um, what you want to do first is obviously go through the stuff in your house and pick a platform now ebay is far different i mean it has 187 million as of 2020 users sellers online so very different than etsy etsy only has about 4 million so very very different different place um very different app very different pool uh, the consumer pool is a lot different etsy kind of caters to uh vintage and crafted you know handmade stuff so um you know, that person's going to be completely different mindset. You know, they're going to pay a little bit more, but they also expect a better service and better photos and that sort of thing, better service for, for their purchase. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, I know clothes is really, really, it's, it's a very, um, it's a very popular uh, uh, product to, to get. I've read, you know, different stories about people who just focus on old school t-shirts with logos on them and graphics and that sort of thing so you you definitely want to start selling items in your house and then you know see what you what you 
gravitate towards if you start selling items around your house and you you find that you know you have you know i don't know a collection of cd players then you know you can start looking up those model numbers on on ebay and sell them there or even etsy if they're older than 20 years old but you want to pick a you want to pick a platform and familiarize yourself with it because you're going to get to know you know what fees are associated with each category and whatnot um so based on on what you want to sell you pick a platform but let's assume that you're you know you you go with ebay so take pictures post them the ones that sell make sure you you write down what it is that you're selling and at what price because when you start going into swap meets you're not going to have you know after you know i think it's like three months ebay will will purge those those, that that history so you you want to make sure that if that item comes across at your visit at your swap meet or thrift store that you know exactly what it goes for so you know that you're getting a good deal uh and go to different you know thrift stores and garage sales and like i know i've i've i have purchased different items like like cookie jars old school cookie jars um i sold one for like 150 ish dollars and it went to someone in the uk and i paid five dollars for it um there are different products that sell better but it will all depend as to what your tolerance is like some people i know don't want to sell something that's more than 200 dollars because you have to be wary of who's receiving it at the other end you know someone can get for example a, a pair of nike air jordans and they'll say that they're counterfeit and they'll ship you back counterfeit shoes just because they wanted your authentic ones so that being said you want to familiarize yourself with that with the with the app and with the people and you know the type of questions that you get and start doing customer service for them because um you're you're going to come across issues and it's going to be a learning curve but that's the approach that 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 i took and that's what i think is your your best bet start with items that you sell that you can sell that you can find around your house you know and 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 start posting pictures and selling them then once you sell or you sell them or you know you, you find that you don't have any luck then you go to thrift stores and garage sales and you're right there is when you're where you're gonna come across so many different items and you're gonna look up so many different model numbers and upcs and you're gonna post them and some of them are gonna sell you're gonna make a ton of profit on some you're not gonna make a ton of profit on others you're gonna lose money on shipping um but you want to get that that knowledge database as soon as possible because if you want to scale scale your business this is a a necessity nobody really like starts selling and then all of a sudden they're like oh i know exactly what i need to do it's very rare to find that unless you you own like 2000 um, audio vinyls then you have enough uh, enough stock but for the most part when you do go to a flea market or a swap me and you do come across different items you're you're gonna have to spend money and um you know it's best to do the trial and error on something that's you know 10 10 or 15 dollars versus something that's like a hundred dollars and it doesn't sell then you're stuck with that item so um the next step after that is if if you if you are selling 
you know, let's say audio CDs and audio CDs are, is working for you and you go to vinyl and that's working for you. And then, you know, you want to um, add to the mix, you know, you, you want to find a supplier, then you can find a supplier for storage for those CDs and you can start offering that. So then now you have a dedicated flow of inventory that you can have in your store and you always get sales no matter what, because sometimes if you sell through an item, you got to go replenish it. You know, you know, you're not going to have it. Um, the next step after you, if you find a few suppliers and you start selling and that, that continues, then um, you definitely want to pick a niche. So if you stick with, with music, stick with music throughout, you can become the go-to for, you know, audio, rare audio CDs or vinyl or, you know, supplies as well, like, you know, any kind of music stuff, you can be that person, right? Even cables, you can find suppliers for cables, audio cables, and you can buy, you know, a box, you can wholesale a box and, you know, always have that, that inventory available. So you can just pick it and ship it and, you know, move on. And, and now what you have is you don't have to go as much to swap meets and flea markets. Some people still do it because it's, it's, it's exciting to see what you're going to find. It's kind of like treasure hunting. It becomes addicting. That's why you see a lot of people that, you know, they get excited because they, they found a certain item and it's worth a certain amount of money, but they still have to sell it. Um, once they sell it and they repeat the process, then it just becomes a lot, um, a lot, a lot more enjoyable and you don't have to worry about making sales. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, you know, when you niche down, it, it's kind of nice because you be, you do become that, you become that go-to person for the, um, for the product that you're, that you're selling. And then once you do that, then you can create a brand. Now you can use your name, you know, you can create a brand and a theme. Then it, you know, it's a lot more presentable. They're like, they're going to be, they're going to have a better shopping experience. They're going to already trust you. You know, you're going to look a lot more professional. It's going to be easier for them to make a decision when they visit your item. Um, and then, you know, that's, that's the best way that you, that you scale the business. I was lucky because I was able to create, you know, like a network of, of, of people who sell video games just from selling all these years. So I'm able to now contact somebody who's selling retro video games and say, Hey, do you have this title? I need, I have a customer who's looking for it and boom, easy. I like, I don't have to worry about, you know, paying for it, shipping it to my house, taking pictures and doing that part. My, my process becomes a lot simpler. Um, but I, in this episode, I wanted to focus more on like the bigger picture of how to really go from finding items in your, in your house, then visiting garage sales, thrift stores, flea markets. So you can weed out the items that are selling. So you can then kind of focus on that. If that makes any sense, you can pick out if you, if you see that you live in a particular part of the country where golf clubs sell really well and you come across you have come across all of them there's no need for you to have all the other items now you can just repeat the process and um buy your all your shipping supplies uh in you know an automation mode almost and ship everything out um and then from there it's it's basically a repeat process you can find a supplier for the for you know golf clubs or a wholesaler, somebody who just uh, is a distributor of, of, of golf 
stuff, golf balls, you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, really niche down and become the go-to for that, for that product and create a brand. You know, you can use your name and say, like for me, it would be Ron's golf, golf stuffs, golf stuff on eBay or whatever. Then, you know, you got yourself a, 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 a better looking store, more professional, and people are able to say, hey, you know, whenever I need any golf stuff, I go here. And then from there, it's just you you scaling the business. So I, I hope that the, this has this episode has kind of, I know I ramble on a lot of, about stuff, but in essence, that that that's exactly what happens from A to Z. You start selling and then, you know, you scale up and you modify along the way and you create a, a, a stable side hustle that's no longer you just selling random items out of your house. You look a lot more professional and, you know, you can, you can be a really useful um, store for somebody that's looking for, for that, that product. Um, make sure you, you, you follow um, and uh, DM me on Instagram. Uh, yeah, my link is available. So I hope that this has been very useful for, for those listening. Thank you, and I will see you again on the next episode. I believe my next episode, I'm, I'm going to be covering listing titles, uh, descriptions, and that sort of thing, which is really important. It ties into uh, into so into Google and um, search engines, and you know eBay has its own. So I'm looking forward to that episode. Thanks again for for listening, and have a good one.